Hi, my name is Ruthie Bowles. Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast, the place where business owners and entrepreneurs come to get targeted shots of relevant business knowledge. Today, we're going to be continuing our interview series with Stephanie Booker Atchison of HeartWise Holistics. We're going to be talking about how we can manage the unmanageable stress. Stephanie was the one who told me, you just, you can't manage stress, but there is something critical that you can do as your first step to make sure that it does not overrun you or your business. So let's get right into this interview segment. So for this episode, I want to talk about what we're all feeling and that is stress. Mm. So much stress. Mm. Um, and what really made me want to hone in on this is um, just a couple of days ago, um, I was sitting at my desk and things were going smoothly and um, I was feeling this little ball of stress in my chest for for nothing. Like nothing had happened. It just started. Now, I know why it happened because I am under a high amount of stress and it just took that moment to flare up. But I was telling my husband that, you know, it just got bigger. And so the more stress I have, the bigger that prickly ball feels. And so I went for a walk and that helped. But and I mean, that's one of my management things. But and I know that you help people work through that. Um, but just kind of for a moment, a genuine moment, how are you doing with all of this stress right now how are how are you doing I'm doing you know I'm I'm uncommonly good right now um but I have to tell you the past six weeks have been challenging and they've been trying um and even though I try to practice what I preach Mm -hmm. it's always difficult to maintain that perfect level of harmony within oneself. And I think it helps. And and I don't think this question is out of line or ridiculous. I think it helps to know that people who even do stuff like this have difficulty. Because I know for me, if somebody thinks that they're perfect and they do things the right way, the whole way, who do things the perfect way all the time. uh, Yeah, it's life, especially the life we have right now. Um, If I, that, that right there would just happen, that would be stressful for somebody. But but for me, my granddaughter just walked in and opened the door and heard us and saw us and then walked back out. Uh, That, that's not stressful to me. It makes me smile. It makes me laugh. Um, It's a human moment. It's a human moment. But anyway, uh, trying to manage, (sighs) I try not to manage. And trying not to manage. Yeah. T- yeah. I, I try not to manage. I've found for me the best way to manage my stress is to not manage my stress. If I have a freak out moment, I freak out, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, I consider that the first step in resiliency. If you're going to have a freak out, if you're going to be resilient, you got to have a freak out moment or a pity party or uh, your mental funeral, whatever you want to call it, you gotta have. <laughs> you got, you know, when you want to kill people but you can't kill them. Um, if oh, you want okay. to, <laughs> if you want, you have. There has to be room for that. I have to acknowledge the upset. 
I have to be with and sit with and deal with what it is that is de-stress, that is stressing me before I can de-stress. There's no other way for me to do that. So I have depressing it is not that turns you into like a volcano, right? Exactly. Down and then it explodes. I know what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm having difficulty sleeping. I'm having challenges getting my sleep pattern back together. So what I've taken to doing is not only Mm -hmm. I meditate in the morning, but I have a meditative trick that I do at night right before I go to sleep. And do you want me to share it? I can share it right now. We're going to share it at the end. Okay. Closer to the end. Okay, sure. Episode here. Sure. Because you also have an offer that I'd like to introduce to the audience so they have uh, another episode to think about it. I want to take a quick second to talk about starting your own podcast. I know it's the super fancy thing to do these days, but a lot of podcasts start and then stop because the host underestimated the amount of work involved. Heck, my episodes are only 10 minutes long, and it's still a lot of work. So if you're really considering starting a podcast, I really recommend Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, you know, let me take a second to explain it to you. First of all, it's free, which is great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast on your computer and ding, ding, bonus feature right on your phone so you can do on-the-go podcast recordings. Uh, Anchor will distribute your podcasts for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so many others. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You've got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So I really recommend that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and just check it out. Go and get started. Okay, so before we get into the tips and tricks, what are some of the most common stress-related issues that you work on with entrepreneurs and executives? I feel like this particular question you know, especially because now we're we're in this is our third episode in, in this series, this awesome Stephanie, the hypnotherapist series. Um, and I feel like if we can kind of list some of those common problems, then that can kind of help people um, know if, if working with you or working with someone who who does what you do would be a good step for them, especially since, so you know, we can do it online now. So that's mm-hmm. not even a, a barrier at this at this moment. So what are the most common stress related issues that that you work on when somebody's like, oh, I have X problem? So um, I'll start with the two that I'm finding right now that I'm encountering the most. And the first one has to do with the stress that's coming from different areas of their life, Mm -hmm. interfering with their ability to work. So for example, most of us, I think the number said there are 10 million restaurant workers who are currently out of work. Yeah. If you currently work in a restaurant, whether full-time or part-time, and you are trying to sustain yourself in a different manner, you either are trying to find another job or trying to do something. You've got bills that you're trying to pay. You may have childcare that you're trying to pay. You may have medical bills that you're trying to pay, rent, food, car payments, mortgage, all of those. Having, I mean, I would like for you to just do a thought experiment. Just imagine each one of those things I mentioned, rent, food, car note, mortgage, health insurance payments, life insurance payments, each, imagine each one of them as a 10 pound brick that you are holding. Mm -hmm. 
And if you imagine trying to go around doing your job while you're holding all of those bricks, it makes it very difficult for you to focus on the job at hand. If you're a customer service person and you're talking to a person and you have the privilege of even working remotely from home and you're talking to someone and, and you're trying to get through whatever you're getting through and then the phone, your phone beeps and you recognize the phone number as being your um, car <laughs> company, the company, the company that's holding the title and mortgage or whatever, car payment yeah. company, you're going to feel that little oomph and it may take you out of your thought process with this customer and giving this yeah. customer service to this person or um, losing self-confidence, losing the ability to believe that you're going to come out of this. Okay. Or that you're going to get a new job or that things are going to be all right. And you'll be successful. These are worries and, and having this negative attitude that people are finding difficult to release and let go and not give energy to. So, those are the two areas that are really, really focusing for business owners right now. It's on the flip side. I, I have a couple of business owners, really good people, and they are really wrestling with having to lay off so many employees. They are really struggling. Yes. They're not being able I have to seen sleep that on LinkedIn. It's very sad. Yeah. They, they can't sleep. They can't eat. And, and like I said, when you are dealing with stress, it affects every area's every area of your life. You snap more at people that you care about or that care about you. You don't take care of your physical body. You're allowing your mental capacity to run rampant and 15 things that you really don't even care about take over and reside in your head instead of doing the one thing that you're trying to focus on. So those are three things that are happening that I'm seeing business-wide with business people specifically. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a genuine sense of overwhelmed and helplessness. And the uncertainty of everything, and I, and I shared this in a networking group, if you think about it, you think about stress and the uncertainty, your body is, is, is poised and used to dealing with whatever comes at it. We're, we're ready for it. We're gunning for it. And if you're a business owner, you already know you have to handle your place of business, uh, keeping the lights on there, keeping up on the technology. Keeping employee benefits paid, pensions paid, because you know, usually the um, highest bill after paying for employees is all of those other things. So your mind is already focused on all of those. If it's a rubber band, you got the brick, that was good. But if it's a rubber band, it's already stretched like this every day, all the time. That's your regular amount of stress that you're dealing with. And you're really good. It's stressed just, just a little bit past the rubber band. But then if you stretch that rubber band a little bit more and keep it like that, for days and weeks and months, that elasticity of that rubber band, it's going to break. Yeah. Something's got to give. My husband and I were actually comparing this experience. So we actually met on deployment um, because we were both in the Army, and we were actually comparing this experience. In some ways, it's very similar to deploying And to your note about the rubber band, that is exactly how we lived, Hmm. all stretched out like that. Um, And so I know that, you know, it's kind of a number we get tossed around in terms of speaking to or talking about service member or veteran suicides. But, 
you know, once you come back, nobody teaches you how you're supposed to make your rubber band elastic again. Sometimes I don't post it. Like, so um, most of the stuff, like I said, the easiest one is like most of the stuff I post about, you know, me and Evelyn going to see, you know, check out a business place or um, needing to, you know, I've got a, maybe a client comes to my house um, or a, a, a potential business partner comes to my house while my daughter is sleeping. That would be something I post on Instagram, um, you know, or doing the Zoom calls. Yeah, post that on Instagram, but I don't necessarily share that on LinkedIn. So it's about knowing what I can cross post and tweak versus what shouldn't be posted at all. So where does social media fit into your marketing strategy? You primarily want it for brand awareness. Lead generation is great, especially if you kind of do it the way that I do. And, you know, I've got, like I said, I've, I'm pretty firmly entrenched in the authority marketing aspect of things, but I'm not writing posts about, Hey, buy from me. Oh, I've, you know, uh, filling up quick, although, you know, I might do an occasional filling up quick or check out, you know, get on my calendar or whatever, but I don't do it a lot. I don't end every post in that, you know, and that's, that's all I've seen. A lot of people do that where they write something and it's interesting and it's good, but then it's like, Hey, then come find, buy from me, buy from me. Hey, 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 did you see that part where I said buy for me? Um, you want to, you know, you want to offer value and don't make it feel like it's got any strings attached. And and that's my approach, right? Like other people, they've got different approach and they may have a different audience and it works for them. But my approach is more, okay, I'm offering this value. And usually like, hey, if you want to check out this blog post, yeah, you could sign up for my newsletter. You can find my contact me page. But <clears throat> my branding says that I want to work with people who are interested in defying the status quo. And what that means is that I do not have to lead them <laughs> by the nose to my contact form. It's there. You can message me on any of the platforms I mentioned. You can email me. You can send, use my contact form. You can do anything to connect with me. Um, if you're interested in defying the status through defying the status quo through your content marketing, but the people that I typically work with are changing things up and making a difference and they want a partner who does that. So I don't have to remind them to contact me. So I typically don't, um, you know, and so far that's been working really well for my business. So, uh, like I said, other people do it a different way. And I'm not saying that your way is garbage. I'm just saying that the way that I do it is the way that I do it. It works for me. So, you know, I like to offer other perspectives, I guess is really what it is. So I found that when I tell my story about how I started my business and things like that, people are like, oh, that's such a different perspective. And I love to hear it. So boom, you just got another perspective. So focus on brand awareness. Lead generation will come naturally, especially if you incorporate your employee branding. And some of the first people that you should brand are your CEO, CMO, CTO, CIO, CCCCOOO, however many of those that you have. It kills me when I see that the C-suite is not leveraging their profiles on LinkedIn um, because they could be B2B influencers, basically. They could be because they already have that platform. They've already got credibility. When we see CMO and it's like of a company that's got you know more than just themselves, <laughs> like myself, in their company, it adds some credibility there. So why aren't you leveraging it? And I ask those B2B companies, if that's you and you're listening to this episode right now or reading the show notes, why aren't? You leveraging your C-suite executives, LinkedIn, or other social media platforms. Um, and that is something that I'm hoping to get into this year is to get in with these companies, the marketing departments, and actually help them learn how to do this so that way they 
can add like a more a face to their company versus just a logo. All right. So that has been an episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. And I appreciate you listening to my kind of weird, scratchy throat here. Um, And we'll get the show notes out for this episode in the next couple of days. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy listening to this on Anchor or wherever it is that you find your podcasts.